You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Good morning. Can you hear me? Good to see you all this morning. Will you give me a wave if you can hear me? It's nice and active. It's a nice feeling. Mark, will you throw me up the first slide there? Thank you very much. You know, just over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking a little bit about storms and storms at sea specifically. And I know that a number of you who have been in real storms at sea have confronted me and said, you have never really been in a real storm at sea. Isn't that right, Noel Redmond? Amen. Yes. He, he's, a, he's a captain, ship's captain, and he knows what a storm at sea looks like. You know, the, the week before last, I was talking about how Jesus calmed the storm. Last Sunday, Tom was talking about the aftermath of Paul being rescued from the storm or being shipwrecked in the storm. But you know, I'm going to go on to part two of the week before last. It's, if you will, there's a take two that I want to look at. You know, I'm going to be looking again at a bit of a storm. But the thing to remember is this. No life has only one storm. Do you know that? If you've only had one storm in your life, I have news for you. There's going to be another one. All right. I guarantee you, you're going to be getting another one. I don't know when it's going to come to you, but it's going to come to you. And if you've only had one storm in your life so far, you're probably about five years of age. There are thereabouts because there's a lot of them coming along in life, I can assure you. I want to be looking this week, however, at a story from Matthew's gospel. And the story I want to be looking for in Matthew's gospel is the story of Jesus walking on the water. When we talk about Jesus, we are not talking about any ordinary guy. He wasn't just your average Middle Eastern Jew. Jesus was the most extraordinary human being to have ever lived. Would anyone say amen? He was the most extraordinary person to have ever lived. He was absolutely unique as being that person who ever lived. We're going to be looking today at a story that occurs in three Gospels. It occurs in Matthew's Gospel, in Mark's Gospel, and in John's Gospel. This story is not in Luke's Gospel. In each of the occasions, in each of the Gospels, it occurs after Jesus has fed the 5,000. Jesus has done an extraordinary miracle. And he's now at the stage where the day is done. He's done an extraordinary miracle. He sends... His, he sends his disciples across the water. We're going to read this passage very briefly. I'm just watching my time. We're going to read this passage very briefly. It's only about 10, or 10 verses. Um, and then we'll have a look at some ideas or take some thoughts from it. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. We're going to be reading. May God bless his word to our hearts as we read it this morning. Would anyone say amen? Would you like to see your faith grow? Would you like to be, see, see your faith in Jesus grow and your vision of who Jesus grows? Well, then let's read these words together. Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home after feeding the 5,000. After sending them home, he went up on the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, The disciples were in trouble, again, far away from land, for a strong wind had arisen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, and they cried out in fear, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once, do not be afraid, he said, take courage, I am here. 
And then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. And so Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. And when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified, again terrified. And then he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Then Jesus reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt? Put yourself in the situation. You're in the boat. It's the middle of the night. Has anybody here ever seen a ghost? I'm curious to know. Has anybody here seen a ghost? Strange enough, nobody here has ever seen a ghost. But you know, I'm going to tell you something. I believe in ghosts. There are such things as ghosts. There are such things as spirits. There is a spirit world. I grew up near a graveyard and I, I, every night as I had to walk home on dark winter's nights, I hated walking past the graveyard because I was convinced that the dead were walking around inside her. But my mother used to say to me, Michael, you have a lot more to fear from the living than you do from the dead. But I listened recently to an author who was writing on this subject and he was a skeptic and he said he didn't believe in ghosts when he began to research the subject. But he said, the appearance of ghosts and the appearance of the dead after life is so prevalent in all of global cultures that there must be some substance to it. So when these disciples cry out, it's a ghost! There's some groans for them to, to, to believe that because they were very conscious of the spirit world. They had seen Jesus deliver demons. They saw what had happened to people when spirits lived inside them. So here they were at sea and as if trouble wasn't bad enough, they're rowing against the wind and the waves and the storm has blown up and now a ghost appears to them as well. Is it any wonder they were terrified? But I love their response when they, when they begin to react like this. And of course, this particular story focuses on the, on the reaction of one guy. Uh, Tuesday before last, I was talking, they were saying there's a difference between a reaction and a response. A reaction is instant. It's what comes to us instinctively in situations. It's, it's what jumps to mind when, when, we, when, we come at situ when we come at situations. This was Peter's first reaction. I love this. When Jesus said, don't be afraid, it's me. Peter's reaction was, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. You'd have to say of all the disciples, Peter was the best crack, without a shadow of a doubt. He was the guy who was the most fun. Peter was the first and the most willing to do whatever it was, was up, was, was going to happen. I would say if he was working on a building site, he was first up every ladder, first up every scaffold, first out every window. You can see he's the first to speak up in so many situations. Sometimes that got him into a lot of trouble. He was an enthusiastic guy. But when he realized that it was actually Jesus on the water, he said, hang on a second, hang on a minute. You've got to be around this guy. He's so enthusiastic. Lord, if it's really you, let me walk out. Let me come out to you on the water. And you see, Peter kind of sometimes gets a bit of a bad deal because people think, oh, well, he was the guy who betrayed Jesus and denied, or he didn't betray him. He denied that he knew Jesus three times. He was the one who got his face slapped several times by Jesus. It was to him whom Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Peter sometimes gets a bad rap, but he was the first to stand up and speak on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2. He was the first one to, to stick his neck out when Jesus said, who do you say that I am? He was the first to speak up. And in this situation, Peter is the one who says, Lord, if it's really you, let me come out onto the water. And the thing about Peter is Peter displays faith. 
here. Peter's not just, just enthusiastic, he also has faith. I love what one writer, a guy called Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, said about Peter. It said, Peter believed in the Lord, in his power, in his person, in his ability. He did not believe it merely theoretically. He tried it. He actually did it. The Lord said to him, okay, Peter, come on. And Peter looks out at the wind and the waves, and he still climbs out of the boat. How many of us would be willing to throw the leg over the side of the boat, having looked at that situation? Peter actually tried it. I think Fiona Risa was speaking about this particular passage a few, a, few, uh, a few years ago, about two years ago here in Grace. And she made this point. She said, all the disciples looked on in shock and in horror, but Peter was the only one who made the choice to actually go to Jesus. He was the only one who immediately reckoned, if this is Jesus, something can happen. And sometimes we can have a theoretical faith. Sometimes we can, have, we can really kind of, you know, can say, well, I trust the Lord. But when trouble comes, we realize we don't really trust the Lord. In this case, Peter really tried it. He really stepped out and he got over the side of the boat and he began, he began to walk on the water. He actually walked on water. That was one to tell his grandchildren. He stepped over the side and he walked actually on water. Peter steps out and he begins to defy, like Jesus, the laws of physics and the laws of meteorology. He begins to defy those simply by following on Jesus' word when Jesus said, come to me. How often would we be challenged if we were to hear what Jesus said to us and we would respond with such eagerness and such faith? Imagine the things that we would see happen in our lives if, that, if we did this. He actually tried it. It wasn't theoretical. But then something happened to Peter that I think happens to a lot of us. You see, Peter's reaction when he begins to walk out into the waters, and you probably know where I'm going with this anyway, is this. It says, when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. So a few seconds earlier, a second, two seconds, we don't know how long, he's walking on the water. And next thing is, he looks around and he sees the wind and the waves. Now I have a question. I have a question. Was there not wind and waves before Peter stepped out of the boat? Because it says it was windy and it was wavy. So when Peter's in the boat, it's windy and it's wavy. And then when he steps out of the boat, it's still windy and it's still wavy. But then all of a sudden, he notices the winds and the waves. You see, Peter goes from being Jesus conscious to being self-conscious. He goes from, you see, what happened to Peter was not something from the outside, it was something from the inside. And what happens to us sometimes in our faith, when we're trying to follow the Lord and something goes wrong, what happens to us is not something from the outside, it's something on the inside. Do you know that moment, you know, when you become unconscious? Of course you don't because you're unconscious of it. But you know, there's a moment when you become slack-jawed. You see some incredible beauty and your mouth drops open and your wife turns to you and says, your mouth is after dropping open. You go, I didn't notice. Do you know those moments when you just see something that's of beauty and you forget about yourself? Or you hear something of beauty and you forget where you are? And you just, you just switch off? This is what's going on with Peter. He sees something incredible. Like, 
We, we, lads, we have to, here, here, here's the thing about it, right? When we have this image, I've looked up Jesus walking on the water. I looked up all over the interweb machine, you know, that, you know, all over Google. I Googled it, right? And almost all of the images for walking in water looked something like this. Jesus, stop, 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 stop walking across the water. And in, even in the little movie clips, it's Jesus walking across the water. But this was not what the water was like. The water was going up and going down. And when it went down, it went up. And then it went back down again. And the wind was blowing. So if Jesus had long hair, and we're not so sure that he did, it was blowing in the wind. Right? And his cloak was wet. His, you know, his, his, whatever he was wearing, his cloak, it might have been a three-piece suit. I don't know. We don't know. We don't really know. But he was, whatever he was wearing was getting wet. And he was getting splashes in his face. So he was. And so as Peter leans out over the side of the boat. He says, Lord, if it's really you, as the waves hit his face, Lord, if it's really you, let me come to you walking on the, on the water. And Jesus said, okay. Come on! I'm you come. No, you've got to imagine this part of my body, not my knees. Obviously, Jesus isn't standing there doing this, levitating like a Buddhist monk. Come on! So he's going up and down in the waves. Peter, come to me on the waves. And just, Jesus would disappear behind the crest, and then he'd appear. Look, it's just the Lord. No, he's got nothing. Look, it's Jesus. You see? So put yourself in that situation. It's not this kind of gentle water kind of going, oh, lapping around his ankles. And behold, the waves lapped around his ankles. It doesn't say that at all. Wind and waves were blowing. Do you get the picture? Yeah. Um, so that was the situation when Peter jumps out over the side of the board into the water. When he goes over the board into the side of the water, that's what the sea was like. And he's looking at Jesus and he's going, Oh, I can't believe this. He's going up. And he, this is better now because the people back there think I'm actually going up and down the waves. He's going up and he's going, Hello, Cafe Church. Sorry, I'm just down here. Uh, so he's going up and he's going down and he's going up and he's going down. And he's looking at Jesus and going, This is incredible. We're defying the laws of physics here. This is wonderful. Uh, lads, take a selfie. What the, the cameras aren't invented yet. Hashtag water walking. <laughs> but as he's walking out there like you, and his eyes were on Jesus, and went, wow, this is brilliant. And then he went, oh. Do you know, that's, do you know those ones from the old kind of, uh, the roadrunner? Remember the roadrunner ads? Or the roadrunner cartoons? Remember those roadrunner cartoons? Or pretty well any cartoon made back in the day. That somebody would be running after someone, and suddenly they'd run out over the edge of the cliff, and their legs were still going... But they weren't standing on anything, and they kind of, I'm happy, and next day they go, ah! And that's what happened to Peter. He's walking on the waves, everything's going fine. Wow, this is brilliant. Look at me, lads. <laughs> Look at me, lads, lads. And he begins to sink, and down he goes. And he says, Lord, save me, as he begins to sink. And you know, lads, that's us. That is like us. When we're looking at Jesus, we can walk on water. The situations and the storms in our lives can be throwing us up and down. But when our eyes are in Jesus, we stay afloat. But something changed inside of Peter's head, inside in his heart, inside in his soul. Something changed inside of him because the outside situation was exactly the same. It was just that he became suddenly self-conscious. 
I love Jesus' response. This was his response to the disciples first. Jesus spoke to them and he said, Do not be afraid. D-B-N-A. Repeat after me. D-B-N-A. Repeat after me. See? Thank you, Tom. <laughs> D-N-B-A. Repeat after me. D. N. B. A. Give me a D. Give me an N. Give me a B. Give me an A. I hope you did that. No, don't in cafe church, okay? Do not be afraid. How many more times does he have to say it? Take courage. It's me. Hello, Peter. It's me. It's okay. Have courage. Your grand, the one who spoke the universe into existence, is here. Although it says, I am here. If you look at it in the original Greek, it says, I am is here. The one who made everything. The one who made the weather and the waves and the sea and the sky and everything. Everything. He's here. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And then Peter steps out and he starts going around on the water. It's great crack. And wow, I never had an experience like this before. Then he begins to sink. Says, Lord, save me. Do you know something about our prayers, lads? If we can boil them down to something as simple as that, there's a great clarity about that prayer, isn't there? When you're sinking, this is not the time to say, Lord, I just thought I would come before you at this moment, before your throne of grace. That's not what we do, is it? The prayer is very clear. Lord, save me. Those are the prayers, Lord. Lads, that goes straight to the Lord's heart. Because they're the ones that speak of dependence. Because sometimes we can become flowery in our prayers. I do become flowery in our prayers. Kind of, after a while, you're going, God, this is a great old prayer I'm having here. I know that's never happened to any of you. But you know what you ever go and would say, how do you get on? I had a great time of prayer. She said, did you really? I listened to myself for hours. It was lovely. <laughs> sometimes we can become flowery when really it's the simple prayers. It's the simple, Lord, save me. That's what Jesus heard. And he puts out his hand and he grabs him and he helps him and he says to him, what does he say to him? He says what he should have said. He said, you have so little faith. Pause. I walked on the water, Lord. I actually went up and down on the waves with you, Lord. You have so little faith. You have so little faith. Do you know the comforting thing for me in this story is Jesus did not say to Peter, you have no faith. He recognized Peter has faith. He recognized you have faith. He said, but you have little faith. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? We look at why did you doubt in a little while. You see, when it comes to walking the walk of faith, there is going to be times when our walk, when we follow God, when we do what God wants and says is best for our lives, that we're not going to know what the future is holding. And so we can tend to kind of play it safe sometimes in our lives because we don't know exactly what it is that God is taking us to. There's a guy called John Walker, and he's a, he's a blogger and a writer and author and a speaker. I thought what he said about this was really good. He said, he said the mythology we live by is that the greatest safety is in the boat. The reality is the safest place to be is with Jesus. Whatever boat you're in, lads, 
It's not as safe as being with Jesus. Peter was safer when Jesus was holding his hand than he was when he was bobbing around on the boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. He was safer when Jesus grabbed onto him and rescued him. That was the best place for him. It says that Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. If you call on the Lord to rescue you, he will rescue you. He will rescue you. He always rescues his people. Would anyone say amen? amen? He always rescues those who call upon him and you will be no different. I love Jesus didn't hang around, didn't, you know, I love, Jesus didn't, didn't say to him as Peter was sinking, as Peter's going down, Lord, help save me. The Lord didn't say to him, ah, Peter, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt Peter? Come on, you goal. No, he wouldn't have said that, of course, not in Aramaic. They didn't have the word for goal in Aramaic. He wouldn't have, he would have lifted, it says he pulled him out first, got him to the boat and then said, Peter, Peter, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt? And the reason Peter doubted is because Peter looked inward for the answers to his problem. If the waves and the wind are blowing around your life, don't look inwards for the, for the answer. The answer isn't in here. The answer is out there in Jesus Christ. That's where the answer is. And that's what he looked. He looked inward. He looked in and he said, and all of his head just became flooded with what he knew about. He saw people probably sink. He may have seen people drown. He certainly saw boats being capsized in the storms and the wind. And immediately all that information comes flooding into his head. And he says, oh no, I'm going to sink and I'm going to drown too. Corrie Ten Boom was a, a Christian writer and a preacher. And she had spent some time uh, in, in uh, I think it was Bergen-Belsen um, concentration camp during World War II. And she became a very famous Christian writer and speaker after the war. And she said this. I thought it was brilliant. She said, if we look, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. There is so much in the world to make you distressed. There's threats to the future. There's threats to the present. There's trouble coming down along the line. There's global warming, fiscal warnings. There is Brexit and exit and all sorts of things going on. There's so much in the world to make you distressed. She said this. She said, if you look inside, you'll be depressed. Outside, look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look inside, you'll be depressed. Lads, the answers are not within us. They're not within us. They're within him. That's where the answers. But I love what she said last. But if you look at Jesus, you'll be at rest, she said. If you look at Jesus, you'll be at rest. You'll be at rest. And, and I think that that brings into, in, in, into reality or brings it, brings it home to us that sometimes when our situations change and, you know, maybe you're having the most wonderful time of your life, uh, you're having the most wonderful time of your life and you haven't had experienced storms or troubles or trials for years and years, or maybe, just maybe, your soul is hungry and you're in trouble this morning. Well, if you look to the world, you'll be distressed. You look to the inside, you'll be depressed. But if you look to Jesus, you will find rest. That's why Jesus said, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Give you rest. So he rescues, he saves, and he gives rest. 
I love what he said, what it says at the end of this. And the previous, when I was preaching the previous time, in the previous account of the guys being stuck in a storm at sea, it says they asked the question, what kind of a man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. They were goggle-eyed at Jesus' power. But on this occasion, something different happened. This time, it says when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. And then the disciples worshipped him. You are really the son of God, they exclaimed. You are really the son of God. And yet again, Jesus is displayed for who he is. The bigger the vision we have of who Jesus is, the more peace, the more confidence, and the more faith we will have for the future. The bigger the vision we have of Jesus, the more peace, the more rest, and the more faith we'll have for the future. Would anyone say amen? amen? We want our vision to be made bigger. In the previous situation, the disciples were shaken, but they weren't stirred. They didn't really respond. In this occasion, they're both shaken and they're stirred. They're stirred to faith. They recognize who he is and they worship him. Would anyone say amen? The best place for our hearts to be, the best place for our minds to be, is in a state of worshipping with Him. I want to read from you Psalm 34, if you don't think the Lord can save you. This is what he says, this is what the psalmist says in Psalm 34. He repeats it several times. It says in Psalm 34, verse 4, he says, I prayed to the Lord, and He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. He goes on to say in 6, In my desperation I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. And he continues on in verse 15. He says, The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. It goes on to say this, That the righteous person may face many troubles, many troubles. Do you hear me that in Cafe Church? The righteous person may face many troubles. But the Lord will rescue him each time. Each time. Finally, it says the Lord will, re will redeem those who serve him. He goes on to say, no one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Do you need to be rescued this morning? Tom referenced it a bit earlier just before the breaking of bread. Do you need to be rescued this morning? I'm going to pray, we're going to pray, that we'll call upon the Lord and see his rescue. Do you know somebody who needs to be rescued this morning? We're going to pray this morning that the Lord would help us keep his eyes on him. Would anyone say amen? Can we get the band up, lads? If you want to make it up, it'd be great. I'm going to pray this morning. I want to pray this morning that we would keep our eyes on him regardless of what storm or trial or trouble we face. And for some of you here this morning, it has been a situation where you thought you were taking a step of faith and it hasn't really worked out the way you thought it was going to work out. And you feel like you're sinking in the middle of this storm. You thought it was going to work out a certain way, but it's not working out the way you had it planned. And now you're beginning to sink. We want to pray this morning and say, Lord, would you rescue me? Rescue me. Give me a bigger vision of who you are. Would anyone say amen? Will we stand and pray, guys? Let's stand and pray. Maybe you've never called on Jesus before. Maybe you've never said, Lord, would you rescue me from myself? Rescue me from my situation? Rescue me from my sin? Guys, you might brew up the song. You know, you know our song we're going to be playing. 
Maybe you've never before called on the Lord in that way. Say, Lord, would you rescue me from my situation, rescue me from myself, and rescue me from my sin? If you've never called on the Lord before, if you've never called on Jesus before to rescue you, I encourage you to call upon him now. Because today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Today is the day of rescue. Today is the day when we get pulled out of that water. That's what the Bible teaches. Can I invite you? Would you close your eyes, please? Can I ask everyone to close their eyes, please? Just for a moment, just to give privacy to the people around you. Let's close our eyes on the stage and off the stage. If you're here this morning and you have never called on Jesus before to rescue you from yourself, from your situation, or from your sin, and you want to say, Lord, I call, want to call on you for the first time this morning. Would you rescue me? Would you move in to my life? If you want to pray that prayer this morning, you've never prayed it before, would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand? I see it. I see four hands up this morning. Five, six. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask everyone, would you, would you, can we pray this together? Let's pray this together. I'm going to invite you just to help those who are praying. Even if you've prayed it before, let's pray it again. Lord Jesus Christ, I need you to rescue me. I need you to rescue me from myself from my situation and from my sin Lord I ask you to move into my life forgive my sin clean me Lord give me faith to follow you not only today but for the rest of my days I pray in Jesus name and all God's people said Can we give a round of applause for those who pray that for the first time? Praise God. Now for the rest of us mere mortals who are just living, we're going to sing a verse of the song just in a second. We're going to sing the song Oceans, just a beautiful song. We sang it in worship a while ago. If you need rescuing and saving this morning or there's somebody in your life or in your family or in your relationship circle who needs to be rescued, we're going to pray for them in a few seconds. We okay with that? But let's sing. Can we sing from the second verse? Beautiful verse. Sing from the second verse, please. Let's worship the Lord. say this morning Lord I want to take my eyes off the world because I'm distressed I want to take my eyes off myself because it's making me depressed I want to place my eyes on you this morning and I want to be at rest I want you to be I want to be rescued Lord this morning 
If that's you this morning, will you raise your hand? Hallelujah. Can I invite you to come to the front? We're going to pray together. We're going to pray together and ask the Lord to move right into our situations, to reach down his mighty hand and pull us out. Would anyone say amen? We want to know the rest, the rest of God reigning in our hearts this morning. Spirit, lead me. Sing. is without borders let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior let's pray you know if you wanted to be rescued if your situation in your life, you say, Lord, I just really need to be rescued because my eyes are going on the world. I'm getting distressed and depressed, Lord, and I want to be at rest. If you really wanted to be rescued and you were sinking, you'd raise your hand, wouldn't you? You'd make your presence felt. Can I invite you? Would you raise your hand? Would you raise your right hand to heaven? Let's raise it up. Lord, we raise up our hands. Can I just say to you, if you're there praying in the congregation, can I ask you, would you just put your hand forward towards this group of people who are praying here at the front? Would you put a hand forward? Not because there's magic coming out of your hands, but just to focus our prayers. Lord Jesus, we raise our hands before you, Lord. And for those this morning who are distressed and depressed, Lord, we pray you would minister your rest. Would anyone say amen? Lord God, I pray you would open up our minds and our hearts to experience your peace at work in our lives. Would anyone say amen? Lord, we pray for those that we love. We love and we long for, Lord. Lord, we ask you, would you rescue them in Jesus' name? Would anyone say amen? Lord, those who are closest to our hearts, you know their situation. You know our coming and our going. You know their coming and their going, Lord. Would you have mercy on them and move into their situations, Lord? Lord Jesus, we ask you, Lord, would you rescue us? Lord, whether our trial is emotional or psychological, or relational, or financial, or material, Lord, or above all, spiritual, Lord, would you rescue us from the attack of the devil this morning, Lord, the one that's assailing our minds this morning, for those who are being assailed, Lord, I pray, I pray, Lord, you'd block the attack of the devil this morning in Jesus' name, and rescue your people. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Lord, I pray in our situations that we would not be afraid, but we would cry out to the right one. The name who is Jesus, the name above all names. The Lord of lords, the King of kings, the maker of heaven and the maker of earth, the maker of everything seen and unseen. That is the Lord upon whom we depend this morning. Move into our situations and rescue us. 
and rescue us, Lord. Debbie, I just say to you, just as we were praying, I just feel like the Lord was saying to me for you that He has seen that as you were riding along, as it were cycling along in your life, that somebody has put something into your spokes and your bike has been tipped over and you feel like your world has been turned over. Keep your eyes on me, says the Lord. The Lord has said to you, keep your eyes on me, that even though the world is turned upside down, I am the one who turned the world upside down and will turn your world up right again. Have faith in God. This is just a season. This is just a moment and your God is with you and will rescue you in your situation. Let's pray. Can I invite us all to raise our hands to heaven as we're closing this morning? Lord Jesus, may we know your real presence at work in our lives, Lord. Would you hear our cry like the psalmist said? You hear the cry of those who love you and you rescue them time after time. Whatever we face this week, Lord, let us not fall for the illusion that we're safer in some boat than we are with Jesus. May this week be a week when we are really with Jesus. When we really are focused on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, we commit our day, we commit our week, we commit our time, our work, our rest, our families into your hands. Lord, be with us. Let your presence be evident and obvious in our lives. In every day, in every way this week, in Jesus' name and all God's people said, and may the Lord bless you and keep you May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up the light of His countenance and give you His peace. In Jesus' name and God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you and go with you, brothers and sisters. May you know the Lord really close to you this week. The guys are going to play us out. Tea and coffee is being served upstairs in the atrium. Don't forget we're here again on Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. Why did you doubt? Over to the guys. God bless you.